Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast. My name is BJ Lisko, filling in this episode for Craig Webb. Today's spotlight story is a hard rockin' version of the show, as we're joined by Akron heavy metal legend and former Judas Priest frontman, Tim Ripper Owens. Tim is here to talk about his new band, KK's Priest, which also features former Judas Priest guitarist, KK Downing. Tim also talks about landing the gig with Judas Priest back in 1996, as well as his connections to Akron. But first, here's three headlines you should know from BeaconJournal.com. The Field of Dreams game was a dream itself for Medina native Dwyer Brown, who played John Kinsella. The Ashland University graduate played the ghost of Kevin Costner's father in the iconic baseball movie Field of Dreams. Last week, as Major League Baseball held its first official game in Iowa at a field adjacent to the one built for the movie set 33 years ago, Brown found himself in a grocery store with a line of people waiting for his autograph and to tell them about their dads. Brown, who now lives in California and had a lengthy acting career with credits through 2016, was able to return to the cornfields last week for the game, reuniting with his on-screen son, Kevin Costner. Employees at Akron Children's Hospital will need to get the COVID-19 vaccine or undergo regular testing. The hospital announced a new policy to employees on Monday. The president and CEO at Akron Children's said in a statement that employees will have to get the COVID-19 vaccine or be tested regularly as a requirement for employment. She said the policy will likely become effective in the next few weeks once testing details are finalized. Healthcare professional Loranda Walker is continuing a tradition started by her late grandfather, George Hammett, who made barbecue grills that became known throughout the area. She said Hammett was 93 when he died earlier this year of complications from COVID-19. The grills are made from 55-gallon drums cut open with an angle or plasma cutter. Then they are finished with hinges to attach the lid with legs bolted on. Walker said the reconditioned food-grade drums are available from a supplier in Cleveland. BeaconJournal.com and all of our apps always feature updated headlines and subscriber-exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. In 1996, Akron native Tim Owens made headlines when he went from a regional rocker fronting a Judas Priest tribute band to joining the legendary heavy metal act he was paying homage to. With a new nickname, Ripper Owens joined Judas Priest for two studio albums and two live albums through 2003. Since then, he's been part of numerous hard rock and heavy metal projects and has continued to tour the world. Most recently, Owens reunited with longtime Judas Priest guitarist K.K. Downing for a new project called K.K.'s Priest. The band has released three singles from its debut album, Sermons of the Sinner, which will see its release on October 1st. Tim, thank you so much for joining the podcast. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Good to see you and glad to have you on here. A sunny day in Akron. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I want to delve into Kiki's Priest, obviously, and how that project came to be. But first, I'd like to talk a little about your connection to Akron. You know, you've got deep roots in the Akron community. And, uh, you know, throughout your career, you've remained very connected to the area. But what is it about Akron that's, uh, that's kept you here all these years? Uh, family and friends, mm. you know, low cost of living. 
you know, I got some people, friends that live other places, you know, and it's always like, man, you guys, how can you even stay here? You can record remotely. I mean, I've been recording in my studio all day now. And, uh, you know, it's just family and friends are here. You know, I'm a family guy. I got the same friends I've always had, you know, uh, do a lot of charity work locally whenever I can. And, uh, you know, in, in Ohio and, and locally. So it's always nice. You know, you're, I know there's probably people that want to get rid of me, but they're not going to get rid of me. It's not that easy. <laughs> were you ever tempted to move anywhere else like LA or, 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 or England or, or anything else like that, you know, being uh, back when you were in priest? No, you know, uh, and it's funny cause you know, you used to have to, I mean, it was definitely a time where you had to move, uh, to, to make it or to do, uh, to be a session musician. I mean, I, I'm almost, I mean, listen, even though I'm in bands and a tour solo and I do have the KK's priest coming out and three trimmers coming out and all this, I still almost like a session musician because that's how you might make my living, but I can do it remotely. I sit in my, in my studio. I mean, you know, being a musician, that's how you can do it, but you used to have to move. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think about it all the time by maybe moving to Florida at some part, but I'll still always have a house here and be ground. You know, the roots will be here, you know, um, probably when all, when my girlfriend and, and I mean, my kids are just about older now, but once they're all older and mm. I'll be, I'll probably have a, Florida, the old, the old person, Florida house, you know, <laughs> I got you, man. So in 1996, man, describe, uh, describe musically what you, what you were doing, um, around Akron at the time and describe what it was like getting that call from Judas Priest. Well, you know, I've always had a regular job, you know, and worked, uh, I worked at a law firm for six or seven years called Buckingham, Dillon Burroughs. And then I started selling printing and stuff so i could try to do music more and i think winner's bane got signed to a to a record label out of germany a band i was in and we went and did that in 96 uh which which the judas priest tribute band started because of winner's bane uh heavy metal was terrible in like 92 93 and uh we put that record out but we couldn't get any gigs so uh we did the, the judas priest tribute band but then we broke up and I was in a, a Seattle tribute band for about a year when Judas Priest called me. Uh, and we really had an original name. The name was called Seattle. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it was a bunch of friends and we did it. We traveled around doing that. So, uh, but I was always in, I sang in a band called us metal. That was big locally. When I was young, when I was out of high school, that was the local band. Us metal was the band, man, the Akron Agora and Ramones and, and Temple Tavern and all the places of uh, McNasty's and Kent. So I actually replaced that singer. So it's almost like a, a Jimmy Williams was his name. It was almost like a mini version of, you know, joining Judas Priest. I had to replace the local singer. And it's funny because they were, he was the girls all liked him and they were spandex and they played, you know, ACDC have a drink on me and Judas Priest, you got to come in. And it was all of the, that kind of stuff. When I joined the band, we opened up with painkiller and all the girls were like, what the heck is this? What is this stuff? This guy's wearing jeans. And, and, uh, uh but it was, you know, I was always doing the local scenes, uh, damaging corporate. It was the first band I had. We changed it to brain aside. And, and those guys are still around. Steve Trent travels around playing in his one man show. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it's Dan Johnson, the other guitar player, I got him the, guitar tech gig for kk and now he's the main tech guy that works with the black keys so you know we've all done something what was it like when you got the call from priest i didn't believe it really you know i mean all of a sudden you get a all of a sudden it's like hey this uh 
this I'll tell you the girl uh, Julie Vito was your name from Rochester, New York. Her and her friend Crystal, Crystal Krista. I can't remember now. Uh, Julie, uh, they videotaped me, and um, you know, a year later, she calls. She goes. She calls my parents, and I happen to be there. She goes, "Hey, Judas Priest is looking to to get a hold of you. You got to call this number." And because uh, they knew Scott Travis, the drummer, man, I, I just didn't believe it. You know, I looked. They said you got to call Jane Andrews, so I looked at the the painkiller record, and there was her name. You know, so I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, it, it was it was surreal, really, because I didn't plan on being a musician. I did it on the side. And all of a sudden you're you're being flown to England to audition for Judas Priest. How challenging was it replacing someone so synonymous, um, you know, not only with Judas Priest, but kind of the metal community as a whole? I mean, how challenging was it stepping into those shoes? Well, it, for me, it wasn't challenging because vocally I knew I could do it. You know, uh, I was in in peak form then you know first show i wasn't nervous at all because i knew i could do it and and it made it easier with the guys because they were we became like friends and family so it was really cool but i knew fan wise people just wouldn't accept it even though what's funny about it bj's i was like the biggest judas priest fan especially in the 80s i mean that's all i listened to was judas priest in the 80s and i knew what as a fan what i wanted but i just knew that there would be some fans that wouldn't accept me. Ronnie Dio was a great person that I would talk to about it. Cause Ronnie got the same thing when he joined black Sabbath, you know, people just would never accept him. And, uh, I knew people would never accept me. All I could do is sing as good as I possibly can. You know, that was my main thing. Just do as good as you can. And KK would always say, yeah, well just, you know, if you don't like it, just come to the concert. The proof is in the pudding. Just come, come to the concert, watch him sing. And, and you know, if they didn't accept me, they didn't accept me, you know, move on and listen to the old records. You know, a lot of people um, describe your voice as uh, having a lot of influence from Rob Halford, obviously, because you do those songs so well. But uh, and there is that element to it. I, I personally always thought, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that your vocal style was a lot more inspired by Ronnie James Dio, uh, perhaps, than Halford. So, I mean, what what did, what has Ronnie's influence meant to you um, uh, over the years? And perhaps uh, more importantly, uh, you know, what did Ronnie's friendship mean to you? Well, Ronnie was a great, and listen, I'm friends with Rob as well. So, I mean, that's the, the mm. best part. Ronnie was uh, a great, great friend and a, and a great inspiration. And yeah, I mean, you know, vocally, I sing whatever I want to sound like. I don't, you know, that's what's funny. I, my voice is, is all over the place. I mean, I could sing like Sepultura. I can sing like Pantera. I can sing like, you know, whatever, because I could just do it all. I always mm. said it in characters. But when I sing, it's there's going to be similarities to, to Judas Priest because I have high notes. Anytime somebody has a high note, it's going to be like, oh, listen, he sounds like Rob Alford. And mm -hmm. it's like I, I can't get away from it. But <laughs> but probably more influence on me vocally is uh, is from Ronnie. Yeah, he was a great guy. I mean, listen, I'm inspired by Chris Cornell. I have inspiration from John Oliva, from David Wayne, from Metal Church, from David Bowie. I mean, if people hear a lot of my newer stuff, I've been writing for a band called Pyramid. I've been whenever I write songs, you can hear so much David Bowie come out mm -hmm. because it's a it's a pro it's a really heavy prog band. So all of a sudden, I got these David Bowie parts. But yeah, I mean, you know, inspiration comes from all of it, and and I'm and anything and ronnie was ronnie was a class act all the way on and off the the, the stage any secrets to uh keeping your voice in shape uh through all these years well if you find one let me know <laughs> it, that's why i'm even sitting out here in the middle of interviews trying to drink water <laughs> because i'm in the uh like i said i'm in, just stops actually writing a song for the band pyramid right now in the studio you know what i just i just hope 
<laughs> and pray that it's going to be good. <laughs> I think mentally, I, I, I think mentally things hurt me more than anything nowadays. I think I tell myself I'm not going to be as good. And I think it clams up when I go to do shows and dries my voice. And, and but uh, I do everything, you know, I, I, I very, very seldomly even drink alcohol anymore. Uh, I, listen, the last time I drank is on stage where I have the, the crowd buy me a beer and I open it and cheers the crowd off stage. I have had a beer at my house and I can't tell you months, but you know, sleep and drinking water, mm. but it's not the same voice as it was. That's for sure. I got to work a lot harder and, and pray a lot more every day that I'm going to sing good. <laughs> be able to just roll out of bed and start singing. You fronted Judas Priest um, through what was a really challenging time for, for heavy metal, as you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, early, not early to mid nineties. I mean, metal was not, not in vogue as it was, you know, obviously in the eighties and it took a little while before it to kind of, kind of come back around, but uh, it kind of speaking to that. I mean, was it difficult for you when, when Halford returned? I mean, did you sense that that was coming kind of prior to what happened? And do you think you get the kind of credit you deserve for kind of guiding, you know, guys like yourself and Blaze Bailey and Iron Maiden really kind of uh, helped keep those bands kind of afloat and out in the public eye, you know, during a, during a difficult time. But did you think you kind of get the credit you, uh, you know, you deserve for, for fronting the band through that period? I don't get the credit for the records I did. I don't know if I get any credit for keeping the band around, you know, or, or anything like that. If it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. So I don't need credit. Really? I just need my records out there. That's pretty much what I would rather have demolition and jugulator and live in London and metal meltdown out there. I don't need credit. I don't, I I've done enough after that. I've done more after I left Judas Priest than I did in Judas Priest. I mean, I sure. traveled the world by myself. It had to happen. I knew it was coming. BG, I, I've said it in several interviews. I knew it was on its way. Halford needed Judas Priest and Judas Priest needed Halford. Uh, so those two weren't going to work without each other and it was going to come it was fun while i did it i put did some records i made great friends made new fans and it was like it was like me going to college now i do it for a living you know i've sang with with ice earth i sang with ingve uh the dio guys uh, his band uh you know now i'm back with, with kk again so uh i i appreciate it but i don't need i don't need to act like i did anything special with keeping them around i, I was there and and but the records I've made are special and they're pretty awesome. now obviously you know you've been a part of dozens of projects you know and, and even probably dozens of projects recently there's a lot there's a, seems to be a new release with you on it uh coming out every couple of months you're definitely a busy guy uh but when did you get the call from kk downing to uh to delve into uh this new venture kk's priest well you know most people who, who were following it knew that 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 ken and i did a did a show together in like i think it was probably november of night of 19 i think mm. and at his at his place in england and uh, David Elson was on bass and AJ was on the other guitar, which is the guitar player. And Les Binks was on drums at that one. And, uh, you know, I think he, he started getting the, the fever then. 
But I think really when Judas Priest said, you know what, we don't want you to have anything to do with the 50th anniversary tour and, and anything like that. I think Ken was like, you know what? Well, then I'll, I'm going to do my own stuff now. Now that I know that this is never going to happen again, I'll, I'll do my own thing. And when he called me, asked if I'd want to do it, I think the main part was, would I have time to do it? Because listen, I'm in a part of my career where I, I can pick and choose things and I don't have to do things. I could do it if it's, you know, obviously money's got to be right and things like that. But when he called, it was kind of a different animal, you know, and, and he was like, do you, will you have time him in the management? Can you be full on to this thing? It was like, absolutely. Mm. Ken and I, as with all the guys in, in Priest, but Ken and I have stayed even closer than the rest of them. And uh, he would come to my solo shows when I played in England. And mm. So when he called and he played me the music, I was like, man, I, I'm once this kicks off, I will be full on 100 percent for him you know for this for this band because it's not a project it's a band you know mm. so it's uh, uh we know we're going to tour you know um so i'll have to put some things to the side for a little bit i guess which is going to be hard to do when you got all the other records coming out across the rock landscape you know one thing that we've seen over the years is a lot of multiple versions of bands that kind of get just branded a little bit differently you know whether that's uh, whether it was LA Guns or Rat or, or Great White or even like older groups like Asia or Yes or, or Creedence Clearwater even, you know. So, but but one thing I think that sets KK's Priest apart from those bands is you're coming out of the gate uh, on the back of a whole album's worth of new material. And, uh, you know, so yes, you and KK have that history with Judas Priest. And I know that will always be part of what you guys do. But uh, But how important was it for KK and yourself to do this band really based on new material as opposed to just going out and, and, and playing Priest songs? Well, I do that was definitely. I know some people don't like the name. They think it's corny. But first of all, you have to realize Kitten's 70. You know, I'm not getting younger. You can't just this isn't something you're going to start brand new. He's got to put something into it that he started in his career. And that was, you know, with calling it KK's Priest kind of has an angle. But it's not Judas Priest. I mean, it's not called Judas Priest. It's not called mm. KK's Judas Priest. Mm. It's called KK's Priest. If someone doesn't like the name, that's all right. That's that's fine. I don't know why you wouldn't buy the record because you don't like the name. I mean, mm. It was very important to put this record out and it was very important when we tour to play these songs. I don't, I think Ken, all he talks about when he, about touring is these songs, you know, let's say we go open up for somebody on a tour. All he says, he's like, well, we're playing all the songs off this record. I'm like, Ken, we can't play them all. First of all, we're playing something off Jugulator and Demolition. So burning hell's going in the set. What is going in the set? You know, maybe some, uh, before the dawn, like we played the thing, but the really the main focus of this was playing this material. Uh, any kind of concrete plans for KK's Priest or any kind of timeline for uh, when you guys uh, will be uh, will be able to take it to the stage live? Well, it's it's it, you know they're constantly looking into it. They're constantly talking about. Listen, the sooner the better. Mm -hmm. You know, one minute we're going to do this, the next minute they're like, well, we got we can't do it yet. So obviously, I need to know because I I make my money as a musician and touring and. You know, I, I know we're putting together a three trimmers tour for for uh, uh, November now in America, hopefully. And uh, we want to we want to put it out there, you know, but the thing is, it has to be right. This isn't like three trimmers or one of my solo tours where you can go play a smaller venue. This has to be bigger. Ken's not going out and playing smaller venues. You know, mm -hmm. it's got to be bigger ones. So whether it's co-headlining or supporting some big acts or whatever it is, so it's it's got to be done right so that's why it's taking longer he's just not going right out i want to get out there and do it i want to get first of all i want to get the record out and then i want to get out there and do it 
All right, Tim. Well, to, to, to kind of close up here, man, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a lightning round, and we're gonna call this favorites with Ripper. So uh, you'll you'll, you'll okay. catch on here. You'll catch on here real fast. So uh, favorite place to dine out in Akron? Uh, I'll say uh, Papa Joe's in the Valley. How about favorite place to perform in Akron? Uh, well, I'm gonna have to go with the Empire, which I just played. All right. Uh, um, how about uh, favorite favorite professional sports team? Uh, I will go. Uh, you know, I. I'm just listen. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sports. I'm gonna say Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay, football. <laughs> All right, that'll work. Favorite project in your years since Judas Priest? Oh man, that's so tough. I mean, I got all of them. I'll, I'll probably say Beyond Fear probably was because it was my first to write music and go off, and I had a bunch of my friends in it, and mm -hmm. was really successful. How about favorite Judas Priest memory? Man, I, I would say just walking in and meeting him. You know, walking into the studio in Wales and meeting Judas Priest and then auditioning. I mean, I have so nothing but I mean, I went to the Grammys. I was nominated to the Grammys. I, went to, I have great memories. You know what else I'll say? Playing the Cleveland Agora. MTV was there. Made it Kurt Loader. They did a document or a thing on it. And my family was out in the crowd and seeing my family and my friends. That was pretty special. I've got an Akron one, though. I played the Akron Rib. I got the Akron Rib Fest. And I was like, man, I don't ever want to play a Rib Fest. <laughs> and uh, I played the Akron Rib Fest and it was so awesome. And it was in Cascade Plaza and the hotel was there and everybody rented rooms and the whole thing was lit up and people are watching. It was pretty awesome. Nice, man. A favorite, favorite song from the upcoming album? Uh, Return of the Sentinel. Return of the Sentinel. Excellent, Tim. Well, hey, brother, uh, thank you so very much, man, for your time today. And we appreciate you uh, appreciate you being on. And, uh, you, know, you know, best of luck with, with the new record. And, uh, yeah, we'll always keep uh, the Akron folks uh, aware of aware of your projects and, and, and what you're doing, man. But, again, very much appreciate your time today. Well, thanks, buddy. Good talking to you again. That's all we have today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Episodes are released every Wednesday wherever you download your favorite podcasts and are also available at beaconjournal.com and all of our apps. We urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you're already a subscriber, we thank you. Until next week, Now You Know Akron. <laughs>